1: The joy that Paul is calling for is a joy that is not dependent upon our circumstances, but rather one that is found in the Lord, by our relationship with the Lord.
0: That's Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, and the comments he's referring to from the Apostle Paul are found in Philippians, and we'll study those uh, comments in this broadcast as we begin a new message from uh, Church of the Highlands on study verse by verse. I'm Mike Trout, so glad you've joined us. If you're new to the program, we're on the air daily, and uh, the church can be found on the web at highlands.us. That's highlands.us. Here's Pastor Layton.
1: Over the summer, we had a sermon series entitled Doctrines because we wanted to know what we believe and we want to know why we believe what we believe and and now in this sermon series we're turning our attention to the application of these doctrines and how they apply to our life we are told in scripture that we are in the midst of a spiritual war it's taking place in the spiritual realm but it manifests as well in the physical realm It is a conflict between the kingdoms of light and 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 darkness, and we are involved in that uh, conflict. Uh, Satan has a strategy to steal, kill, and destroy. Uh, He seduced the first man and the first woman into rebellion against God by attacking her mind. That is made clear in 2 Corinthians 11.3. Where Paul writes, but I'm afraid lest as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, your minds should be led astray from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. So we ask the question, why would Satan want to attack the mind? And the answer is, it's in the mind where God communicates and reveals his will to us. Romans 12.2 says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So much of the spiritual battle that we are engaged in takes place in our mind, where arguments, theories, and reasonings occur, and so it's... Very important that we take captive every thought because our thoughts produce our words and our deeds. Proverbs 23, 7 says, For as he thinks within himself, so he is. What the scripture is saying is we become what we think. What we think affects who we become. There's an old wisdom saying that goes something like this. So a thought reap an action. Sow an action, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap a character. Sow a character, reap a destiny. It all begins with a thought, a thought that is sown, watered, and allowed to grow. It's important we choose what we think about. Now, now we can't always stop everything that comes into our minds but we can choose what stays there and we participate in protecting our minds by choosing what we think about. Philippians 4.8 says and now dear brothers and sisters one final thing fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. So the Bible tells us that we can choose what we think about. And it tells us what we should choose to think about. Now, I'd like us to look at the greater context of verse 8. Let's begin in verse 4 of Philippians chapter 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. And what you've learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Now, Christians are called to live a life characterized by righteousness, peace, and joy, and yet there are many Christians who do not experience this, or if they do, it's only intermittently. And one of the contributing reasons for this is that we live in a world that is filled with cause for concern, worry, being anxious. Worry is the greatest thief of joy. And the antidote is a secure mind. And the peace of God shall keep, that is, garrison, guard like a soldier, your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And so when you have a secure mind, the peace of God guards you and the God of peace guides you. Now, with that kind of protection, we don't have anything to worry about. In Philippians chapter 4, the Apostle Paul tells us that Christian joy, along with a lack of worry or anxiety, is grounded in four things. First, in the Lord Himself, who He is and what He's done, and the fact that He is near. Second, by focusing on others instead of self, ministering to others instead of self, third, by taking all things to God in prayer, and fourth, the peace of God, which is beyond our ability to comprehend, will guard us even through life's greatest trials. Now, with that as an introduction, let's study this passage verse by verse. Verse 4, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. And so the joy that Paul is calling for is a joy that is not dependent upon our circumstances, but rather one that is found in the Lord by our relationship with the Lord. The Lord is a source of inexhaustible joy. And it's only by us maintaining the closest possible relationship to him that we can enjoy this uninterrupted joy. The Christian can never lose their joy because the Christian can never lose Christ, the source of our joy. Now, the word here that is rendered reasonableness in the English Standard Version is rendered many, many different words in the various translations because it is a very difficult word to translate into English. There's no one word in English that really communicates the breadth of meaning in the word of the original language. And that's true, by the way, of the other words that Paul uses here uh, to describe as well. But it, it describes an attitude that does not seek to retaliate, does does not demand its own rights. Uh, In fact, it's an attitude, instead of focusing on self, ministering to others. Uh, Dr. Frank, Viktor Frankl, who survived three years at Auschwitz and other Nazi prisons, recorded observations, and he wrote in his autobiography, We who lived in concentration camps can remember the men who walked through the huts, comforting others, giving away their last piece of bread. They've been few in number, but they offer sufficient proof that everything can be taken from a person but one thing. The last of the human freedoms is to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstance, to choose one's own way. We may not be able to control our circumstance, but we can control our response. And it can give us an opportunity, instead of focusing on our situation, to focus on ministering to others. Focus on ministering to others. Now, now why should a person do this? Why should a person be like this? Well, it's because the Lord is at hand. Literally, the Lord is near. And that phrase, the Lord is near, can be interpreted in two different ways. If you take it with what follows, it means near in terms of space. That the Lord is nearby and he is near to all who call upon him. I, 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 I will never leave you nor forsake you. That he is with us through every situation. If you take it with what precedes it, it can be interpreted in terms of time. That Jesus Christ is coming again. At any time, it may be soon, and both interpretations can apply. You see, when we are aware that God is always near us in terms of space, he's with us, then it reminds us that we want to treat others as we wish to be treated, that we want to forgive others because we realize that our receiving forgiveness is contingent upon us being willing to forgive others that the lord is always with us he is always near he is always watching and we want to do what is pleasing to him and then in the second interpretation when we're aware that jesus christ is coming again we are reminded that when jesus christ comes he's going to bring rewards but he's also going to bring justice And sometimes we can get disturbed when we see people that are in government and business and church leadership who have somehow avoided being brought to justice in this world. But when we remember that Jesus Christ is coming again and he will bring justice, that brings peace. So if we remember the second coming of Jesus, we'll never lose our hope and we'll not lose our joy. Verse 6 do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It says, Do not be anxious, do not worry. What is worry?
0: And we'll pick it up right there on the next edition of Study Verse by Verse. And if you think you know the answer to that question, well, you might be surprised with what Pastor Leighton Sheely has to say. This is an outreach ministry of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, and they're on the web at highlands.us. On the website, there is a great link that simply says, if you're new click here, um, and all the details about the church are then shared with you, and I find them incredibly helpful, especially if I've not been to the church before, and I think you will as well. If you're looking for a church home, please check out highlands.us for all the information about Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. And if you can, join us tomorrow at this same time when Pastor Layton will once again open the Word of God, and we will study verse by verse.